Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the Miss Pink Digital Podcast, home to everything digital marketing, brand building and tech. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking all about Facebook ads and more specifically how you can scale your Facebook ads activity in 2023. Because as we all know, the platform is constantly changing and therefore ways in which you can scale your ads is also changing and evolving. One thing I want to start off with when it comes to any form of scaling a business, scaling ads, scaling your marketing activity in general. It's really important to make sure that before you scale, you have everything in place that you need in order to scale successfully. And that includes tracking. So making sure you're tracking everything, not just within any platforms themselves, but you're tracking data holistically. I'll talk more on that in a moment as well. And you have optimize your website from a user experience perspective, as well as from a conversion rate perspective. You have optimized different stages of the funnel. So you're not just relying on your paid activity to kind of do all of the work and you are relying on all parts of the user journey to succeed as well. This is not only beneficial from a perspective of it will help aid your advertising activity as you scale it, but it also means you're going to be a bit more profitable in the long run because you're not relying on the more expensive medium of marketing to do all of the work for you. So without further ado, let's jump into the list and we're going to start off with ticking off the quick wins slash easy options or easier options that we have from a scaling perspective. These aren't necessarily new, but they are important to look at initially if you haven't already. And that's reassess your current campaign setup. So reassess your audiences you're targeting. Is there any way you can expand on them? Have you ticked for Facebook to expand on audiences where it deems necessary? So for further context on that, Obviously, when it comes to your um, campaign targeting, especially with prospecting, you can apply different audiences and then there is an option underneath your audiences. It's a little tick box and it just says um, to enable Facebook to target users that although may not directly fit the criteria that you've targeted within your campaign slash ad set itself, it's users who Facebook feel are a similar vibe and would also like your product. So you can tick that on to kind of expand that reach there reassess your audience list that you're already targeting in the platform. So look at those lookalike audiences. For those who don't know what lookalike audiences are, they are basically where you target, you tell Facebook, you want to target users who fit a similar criteria to users who have either carried out a purchase on your website, uh, added an item to cart on your website, been to your website, liked your page, stuff like that. So it's really good um, option when it comes to prospecting because you're telling Facebook you want to reach users who are similar to people who have carried out these beneficial actions to do with your business. It isn't as effective or as powerful as it used to be pre-iOS update, but they have worked on it a lot um, within the back end of Facebook to kind of bring it back up to where we need those performance, those audiences to perform. Yes. Yeah, so reassess all of those. Is there any opportunity to kind of expand on those? Um, could you implement more audiences? Could you implement larger audience lists? Could you 
implement a larger lookalike size within the Facebook interface and just see where you can get from there and how much that can increase your reach and visibility. Alongside that, have a look at your existing campaign targets such what you're optimizing towards. Um, within Facebook, obviously, we get a loads of different optimization uh, opportunities and loads of different ways we can optimize towards certain users to complete certain actions. And within that, that comes from conversion optimization to traffic optimization to CPM optimization, all of that. Have a look at what you're currently optimizing towards and if you have any restrictions on the campaign that you can either remove or increase. What do I mean by restrictions? So if we take conversions, for example, within Facebook campaigns, you have the opportunity to optimize towards maximizing conversion numbers or optimizing towards conversion numbers within a certain cost. This is called a cost cap. And a cost cap is where you say to Facebook, I do want to generate conversions off the back of this ad, but I only want to pay X amount to generate them. They are really, really great at controlling the narrative of your campaign activity, having some form of guidance for Facebook to know who to look for and how much you're willing to pay for them. And I would highly recommend a cost cap or any form of ROAS bidding as well. So ROAS bidding is return on ad spend bidding. I've always found them to be really effective, but they can cause restrictions when it comes to scaling and reach, obviously, because you're putting more restraints on Facebook in terms of who you want to target and what you want to achieve. So if you do have any cost caps on your campaign, CPC caps on your campaigns or ROAS bidding on your campaign, have a look at either removing that or look at how you can increase that cost cap number, reduce that ROAS bidding, or increase that cost per click bidding as well. So all of those options are very quick wins that you can implement to scale out your activity almost immediately. And then it's just a case of looking at where you can reassign your budgets based on performance data. It's just important that when you make any of these changes, you keep an eye closely on it to make sure it continues moving in a positive direction. Now that we've kind of got the quick win optimizations out of the way, we're going to move into the campaign expansion. So any or the best way to scale up any activity is for expansion, um, not just expansion on audiences, but expansion on campaign types. That being said, to go back to the very start of this podcast of, of five minutes ago, um, when it comes to scaling activity, you really want to make sure you're tracking everything you can in as much detail as you can and as holistically as you can. Without that in place, it not only limits your ability to scale in a really effective way, but it also means you could make the wrong decisions on the way, thinking that a campaign is contributing more to conversions than it actually is, or thinking that a campaign actually isn't working well for you, but really it's your main driver from a conversion perspective. And this all falls down to what's called attribution. For those of you who don't know what attribution is, attribution is essentially how conversion numbers, whether that's purchases, form submissions, you name it, is being credited to the sources that helped contribute towards generating them. When it comes to any form of marketing and specifically ads, a lot of it would be the first point of contact between the consumer and your business. And especially nowadays where consumers are being more intentional with their purchases, it means that they won't necessarily see an ad, click on it and convert straight away. And they will instead go down a journey. And within that journey, it may be that they 
look at multiple touch points to do with your business. So this might be the typical journey. They see an ad, they click on it. They think "Mm, that looks interesting. Let me go on their social media. They go to your social media. They look at your socials. They come off your socials. They go and look at reviews and they go and look at your trust pilot or they go and look at any form of reviews on your website, anything like that. And then eventually after looking around, they may even go and look at competitors. After looking around, they decide, no, I'm going to purchase from these guys. They come back to your business and they purchase. Now, as you can see there, there are so many different factors that contributed to that purchase in so many different ways. And without one of those touch points in place, the user may not have purchased. And that's where attribution is so important because it makes sure it's applying credit where appropriate. Because obviously each one of those touch points would have played a role, but some would have played a bigger role, i.e. the ads really drove that initial click and it really drove that awareness piece. Without the ad in place, they wouldn't know who your business is. So that drove a lot of that conversion. But social media and reviews and looking around at all of that kind of stuff helped finalize that decision. So they, although may not have played as big of a part as the ads did, they helped contribute towards that. So when it comes to attribution, it's kind of, it's more of an art, not a science. And there's not a formula that's right or wrong. It's all about looking at different ways you can best review the data and make data-driven decisions. A lot of businesses solely rely on the ad platforms to report this, but it can then risk double counting data because let's say a user went through a Facebook ad initially, and then a couple of hours later went to the website through a Google ad. If they then convert, both platforms are going to take the credit of that conversion, which means you're doubling up on that conversion data. So instead of generating one conversion, you're technically saying you've got two conversions from that interaction because Google's counting it as a conversion, Facebook's counting it as a conversion. And in your reporting, you're adding those platforms together. So it can get very messy, as you can see. And there's a few different ways you can measure this. And it's not going to be perfect because like I say, it's an art, not a science. First one is you can go off a hunch, but I would never (laughs) recommend that um, if you can avoid it. The next one is Google Analytics is a very good tool for looking at the user journey and different user touch points. Within Google Analytics 4, which is a new analytics platform, they have a first Um, user interaction, which is essentially the first click analysis. And then they have kind of like a last user interaction option as well. So you can kind of look at the first click and the last click and see how analytics credits that data to the ad platforms there. Another option is there is like a, I can't remember what it's called in Google Analytics for, but it's essentially like a um, attribution area in um, GA4 where you can see what touch points, in more detail, what touch points the users use and how they contributed towards uh, conversion generation within your website. So you can use Google Analytics for as kind of like your, I don't want to say source of truth, but you can review that GA4 data in conjunction with your ad platforms and use it to help marry up how you think the data in the ad platforms works in conjunction with Google Analytics 4. Only thing I would say with GA4 is it can only track from a click perspective. It can't track from a view perspective, especially when it comes to Facebook, TikTok, or any social ad platform where, let's be honest, a lot of it is view driven. Very, not very few instances, 
it's going to be like a 50-50% chance that a user is going to view your ad and then manually go to your website. They may not directly click on, especially when it comes to TikTok, they may not directly click on an ad from seeing it because it's more about push marketing, kind of getting your brand out there. So in instances where someone's viewed your ad on a social platform, not necessarily clicked on it, but they've gone and looked at your website later, Google Analytics 4 will not credit that view to the correct platform. And that's where it can get a little bit more difficult to measure attribution through GA4, especially as you have more channels incorporated into your ad activity. Another option is there are a bunch of really useful attribution platforms out there. Um, I've worked with an attribution platform called Phosphor in the past, and this basically counts views and clicks. And it's a really, really useful platform to kind of see where your ads are contributing to marketing activity, where your organic is contributing to marketing activity and getting that really good holistic view on everything and how everything's performing and contributing to towards your revenue generation. Only thing with Phosphor is like many attribution platforms, it's very expensive. But if you are looking to scale and you are looking to take it seriously and looking to bring in all of these ad platforms, expand on all of your Facebook campaigns, investing in attribution is definitely very, very, very important. Rant aside, let's talk about some campaigns where you can scale out your activity in an efficient way, providing you are tracking and measuring and optimizing the campaigns where possible. This one or these next two campaigns actually are for my e-commerce businesses out there. First one I'm going to talk about is DABA, spelled D-A-B-A, and that stands for Dynamic Ads for Broad Audiences. And this is a really great campaign type to run providing you have an optimized Facebook ad catalog without having an optimized catalog. So a catalog is basically a shopping feed where you pull shopping data or product data from your website and throw them out into ads. Uh, That's what a catalog is. Making sure your product information is optimized for Facebook, making sure you have high quality images, making sure you have appealing product descriptions, relevant and appealing product headlines, uh, your page speed or product page speed is fast, is so important to ensure that DABA campaigns are successful. Facebook will essentially use your catalog to decide who to go for. So to talk you through the overall structure of a DABA campaign, it's essentially where you build a campaign that has your Facebook catalog attached to it. From that, you then don't apply targeting or you apply very broad targeting and let Facebook kind of do all the work and decide who it needs to go for, who it needs to target and where is going to be best beneficial to get the results you want. It's, as you can imagine, it's a great opportunity to scale the account because you're not only utilizing shopping and Facebook's AI and machine learning, but you're also targeting a broader audience that you may not necessarily target with your standard prospecting activity. If you are slightly worried about running DABA to maximize for conversions or maximize towards conversion value, but you still want to test it, I've got you. That's where your cost caps and ROAS bidding comes in. The great thing about using cost cap and ROAS bidding in conjunction with a DABA campaign is DABA is broad enough or in theory should be broad enough to reach the volume of users you want while still guiding Facebook of what on what you want to achieve with that CPA bidding and that ROAS bidding. I have done DABA campaigns where I haven't utilized any 
cost caps or ROAS bidding. And I've also done it where I have. I personally prefer the results when I have used cost cap and ROAS bidding. However, if you are going to maximize towards conversion generation because you really want to scale that out, that's where the attribution piece comes into play. And it would really allow you to measure if maximizing for conversions is getting you better performance data over utilizing cost cap and ROAS bidding. The next campaign is a relatively new one. I actually already have a podcast episode talking about this in more detail. So if you want to learn about this campaign type and how you can optimize it more, check out that. And that is Advantage Plus shopping campaigns. Just to quickly recap on what they are, they are essentially being dubbed as the Performance Max campaign of Facebook. So if you run Google Ads activity, you'll be very familiar with Performance Max. Advantage Plus Shopping is essentially that, but within the Facebook platform. It's a relatively new campaign type and it is really leveraging AI and machine learning to generate results. The most powerful thing you can have within Advantage Plus is creative because Facebook is really doing the rest of the work for you from a targeting perspective. The reason why Advantage Plus is so good for scaling is because it isn't just optimizing towards users who say have the intent of purchasing. It is optimizing towards users at any stage kind of in their consideration journey, whether they're looking to discover new brands, whether they're looking to view, browse around a website at products, whether they're looking to actually purchase a product or add to cart and then come back on payday. It's looking at all of those users and targeting them. Whereas with standard prospecting campaigns, we have to implement something that we're going to optimize towards, let's say purchases. Facebook's only going to go to people who have the intent of purchasing. But in reality, if you're trying to scale a business and grow your brand awareness, You want to reach users who aren't just looking to purchase, but are looking to learn more about your brand. So Advantage Plus is a great way to bypass that. That being said, there are things you really need to make sure you have in place before running Advantage Plus shopping activity. And there are certain optimizations and painful periods you kind of need to adhere to and kind of get through before you can see the fruits of Advantage Plus shopping. And that's what I talk about in my previous podcast episode. So I would give that a listen. If you are looking to run Advantage Plus shopping, but you're not 100% sure on what to do and where to go with it. Now, shifting away from the shopping side so everyone else can join in and listen in and running a standard prospecting campaign with no targeting is another option you can do to really scale out your account. But before you look into doing that, couple of things to note and make sure you have in place. One, if you are going to be running any prospecting activity in general, especially prospecting activity with no targeting, or if you're scaling out your activity across the board, creative is going to be your key to success here. And I cannot stress enough how important it is that you are going to have an uh, an important, a good creative strategy before you start building out these broad campaigns. And that's making sure you're analyzing trends, your creative acts on those trends and implements those trends, as well as ensuring that your product offering is appealing to be blunt. You could have the best creative in the world, but if you aren't offering a product that is going to appeal to the user, 
then one, Facebook isn't going to know who to optimize towards and two, your creative is only going to go so far. So make sure that your selling points of your products that you are talking about in your ad messaging, it, whether that's video, pictures, ad copy, is really appealing and sets you apart from your competitors. Making sure you're using video, making sure you're using static ads, carousel ads, slideshow ads, testing all the different ad types to really see what ad types appeal the most to your prospecting activity, but also what combinations work the best in conjunction with what you're trying to achieve. When it comes to running a prospecting campaign with no targeting, if you want to retain some control, I would definitely recommend either a cost cap or a ROAS target. Another alternative is you can apply a maximum daily spend limit. So you're telling Facebook, I only want to spend X amount per day, or you can apply a small budget to your prospecting campaigns. But either way, really make sure you try and retain some control over the campaign, whether that's through how you're bidding for users and through your ad copy and ad creative, just to get Facebook targeting the right users as quickly as possible. When it comes to budget increases with all of these, it's all about starting small and then incrementally increasing your budget based on results. So you are slowly pushing towards your ad spend towards the most efficient areas for your account. And finally, last but certainly not least, we're talking about targeting and optimization in a little bit more detail. And that's don't just rely on conversion optimization or conversion campaign objectives within your account. So as mentioned, within campaigns, you have different objectives that you can optimize towards. And that can range from traffic to sales to engagement, awareness, all of that jazz. And a lot of accounts, especially when it comes to e-com accounts, they obviously want a return on their ad spend, which we all do. There's no point running ads if you're not going to get a return later down the line. And that can lead us to only optimize towards conversion generation. And a lot of instances, this is purchases. Now, obviously, consumers on Facebook or any ad platform aren't on there solely just to purchase a product. They are on there to discover. You know, social media is a discovery channel. So, by just telling Facebook you only want to optimize towards users who want to purchase a product, you're cutting out a huge percentage of users who, yes, may not be looking to purchase right here, right now, but may love your brand, may love your brand story, may love to be introduced to your brand. And that's where the creative comes in because it's about making the best introduction possible. And later down the line, they may become a really loyal customer. And that's where the conversion optimization or conversion objective can really limit your ability to scale there. So don't just rely on the conversion objective to scale your account or to generate a return on ad spend or to generate that awareness. Consider testing other objectives such as awareness optimization, whether that's optimize it or maximizing ad reach. So trying to reach as many users as possible, optimizing towards ad recall lift. So for those who don't know what that is, that's essentially optimizing or telling Facebook you want to optimize towards users who are more likely to remember your ad. Or another option is optimizing towards landing page views. This one I have seen carried out in accounts before and it does really, really well, especially if you're taking them towards a landing page that is heavily optimized from a conversion rate perspective where the user is likely to go on and then convert through that landing page. 
Another option you can do from an optimization perspective or an objective perspective, if you don't want to move away from that conversion objective piece, then you could optimize towards a different stage in the funnel, such as add to cart completions. Instances where you are doing that, you're still capturing those high intent user and optimizing towards those high intent users. And then you compare that with a really strong retargeting campaign with really strong offers to kind of get them to finalize their purchase decision. But yes, that is all we have time for on today's episode. I hope this was helpful and I hope you have some new ways you can scale your ad activity out. Just to recap, obviously scaling is a big part of growing a business and it's so important to make sure you have everything in place you need ahead of starting that scaling journey from a tracking perspective and attribution perspective to a conversion rate optimization and user experience perspective as well. If you don't have that in place, I would recommend trying to push back scaling as much as you can and making sure as well you have the content ready to scale and really introduce users to your brand and get them interested in what you offer and what you do. I hope this episode was helpful and I wish you luck in your scaling journey. Thanks for listening.